house over Roman shows and I'm back with all my pain. I just toured the states for like 40 dates and I just touched back in Maine. I sold more records while I was gone than anybody I know. I got them having cows, I can't hold my horse. So, so Cyberspace for the first time. I'm your host, Michael Sprague. That was Joseph Roy. Let's go. This is Andrew Leahy. Yo, yo, yo. Get ready, grab the popcorn, or put on your Christmas onesie, because today we are talking greatest of all time Christmas movies. But before we get into it, big thank you to Spose for the intro music. You can catch him on Spotify and iTunes, just like Goat Radio. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help spread the goat word. You can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and all your other podcatchers. All courtesy of Age of Radio, the new place that we call home. Let's go. Please help support our new home by listening to a few words from our sponsors. Last week, we power-ranked winter animals. It was wild. Sure was. Oh, gosh, don't do this again. There was some <laughs> serious bird talk. Uh, oh, I'm a big <laughs> bird guy. Andrew's a big okay. bird guy. If you're interested in interacting with us or voting on our topics, you can check us out online. Our main Facebook business profile is facebook.com slash goatradiopodcast. You can also join our fan group, facebook.com slash group slash Goat Radio Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Goat underscore Radio. Uh, the big buzz around the internet and in the movie theaters right now is Star Wars. Yeah. We went and saw it last night. Together. All three of us. Make friends. Uh, what'd you guys think? Just a, you know, not an in-depth review here, but... Everybody else is talking about it. It'd be nice to put Star Wars in the title and try to get some more traction online here. What'd you think, Andrew? Uh, we're a traction podcast now. Yeah, nothing but traction. Oh, um, we watched it last night. We, it yep. was, uh, we had to watch about 35 minutes of uh, previews. 25 minutes. Yep, 45. Got it. Mike ate all uh, of his popcorn before the previews even ended. Brutal. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie uh, throughout. I thought it was a little long, a little stretched out at times, but when you're going to watch a movie that's about two and a half hours long, you kind of get there. But uh, overall, loved the characters. Uh, the only one thing I'm going to say oh. is I was kind of surprised how little big character deaths we had. Well, they sold off a couple of deaths, and not to spoil anything, um, but they sold off a couple of deaths that didn't end up being, and then there was a couple of really, really big deaths. Yeah, there were two really big ones that I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I was expecting more. Like, everyone, just they all die. Yeah, and that's that's how we end Star Wars. He died in The Last Jedi. Spoilers. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. No wonder he was the ghosty. But he was a ghost. So I thought everybody else were ghosts. You can't kill Luke. And then, yeah, without getting into spoilers here, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But I thought it was good. Um, it definitely was a long movie, but I didn't think that it felt like it. Uh, yeah, no. 
it jumped right into the action, and uh, the two and a half hours went by pretty quick. I think the only thing that made the experience that night feel long was the 30 minutes of trailers and other crap we had to watch before we got into the movie. Right, because it wasn't even just trailers. It was trailers, commercials, like advertisements for snacks, because, of course, you're in a movie theater. You don't know that there's snacks and popcorn. They have to tell you. Oh. Right, right. It, yeah, I know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so I, I thought the movie was really good. I was also confused by the fact that uh, they kept doing, like, three or four trailers, and then there was a commercial. Right. Usually, once the trailers start, it's just trailers than the movie. They kept, like, breaking it up with different commercial breaks or things like Google Pixel and stuff like that. Yeah. What was your letter grade for uh, this movie? Yeah, B plus. I was a B plus. I was going to say A minus to be nice. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to say A minus to be generous, but I'm also a B plus guy. Yeah. I think it makes... um, Star Wars nerds happy. I think it makes the casual Star Wars fan happy. Um, I'm on more of the casual side. I, I know a lot about Star Wars, but like not like in super in depth like a lot of the nerds out there. Um, shout out all the nerds. But um, I think that we. I think you can watch that movie and be happy. I think that there was good relationships in the movie. Um, couple cool new characters. There was that one that um, like Boba Frick or whatever his name was. He was pretty, My boy. He was pretty cool. Uh, there was that um, thirsty bitch um, from Kijimi. From Kijimi. Yeah, who was a spice runner. Uh, she was thirsty. No, I think Poe was thirsty for her. Oh, I think it was um, a vice versa type of thing. And then um, the um, action action was great. Um, Ending came out of nowhere. People, no spoilers, but people will really like it. It was good. B+. Alrighty. Well, with some Star Wars talk out of the way, let's get time for... Hold on, I, hold on, we have to get my quick question. We have to do this even in cyberspace? Uh, well, we're across different state lines right now. So yeah. We actually are across different state lines right now, that's true. Yeah, I'm in New Hampshire, Joe's in New Hampshire, and Michael's in Maine. Boo. Boo, Maine. All right, what was... What was the last Christmas movie you watched? Oh. That's and easy. when? I just watched one before we recorded the podcast. I watched Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Hmm. It's a great um, movie. Classic. The stop motion, whatever you call it, the animation style where it was like the figures. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Classics. Uh, last. This is different because we're in cyberspace right now, so I can actually do this. Ellen, what was the last Christmas movie I watched? No, we didn't. We haven't watched that this year. I I don't know if I've watched any this year. So I'm going to assume it was last year, and it was probably, I'm going to do a top three here. It was either Elf, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or The Santa Claus. Hold on, you haven't watched any Christmas movies this year? I don't think so. I can't think of You're any. disgusting. I know. You have a daughter. I do. And she wants to only watch Bubble Guppies. And oh, they need Bubble a Christmas Guppies. Bubble Guppies. 
they they do, and she loves that episode. There it so is. So we we watched guppies. Christmas bubble guppies. There we go. We're in. We're in. Yeah. Cool, cool. Thanks, guys. It, it is. Oh yeah, that was a quick question. What was yours, Uh, let's see. I watched Santa Claus is coming to town yesterday. Nice. Uh, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Uh, did. We watched a little bit of. I never remember the name of it. Like it's like the the movie where they find Baby New Year. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, and then I watched a little bit of Home Alone today as well. Uh, fun thing we were doing while watching Santa Claus is Coming to Town is we actually made cookies for Santa. Oh, because uh, he's coming to town. Had been complete because he was told that. Uh, going to be getting sugar cookies. He doesn't particularly like sugar cookie because I've heard from Santa Claus he he thinks that really a sugar cookie is just any cookie that's just lacking other ingredients to make it a different type of cookie. What a weird flex. So he was complaining and then the cookies were made. It was this weird package that came with like um, some frozen pizzas that we bought through like a fundraiser for one of my that daughter's classes. Oh, those cookies. And uh, the, it was, one, it was a good, sh- just a base sugar cookie, plus it came with, like, the frosting from a, like, the icing from a uh, cinnamon roll, and crushed up M&M's to sprinkle on top of it. Wow. To take it a step further, Kinsley decided to put sprinkles on it. So it was just a big, hyped up, sugary deal here. We had a couple explosion. of Santa. But those are like diabetes. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did that. We had those baking while we started watching the movie and then stopped to, to decorate them and then had a snack while we were watching it. So. Hold on, maybe Santa does maybe Santa does have diabetes. Yeah, I'm assuming he doesn't oh know what he doesn't. He has Poor to be type two. Has to be. Uh, it's only one night a year though. Yeah, that one night he packs in like eighty thousand calories of just pure sugar. <sighs> yeah, uh, I wonder how many cookies Santa eats in a night. Let's find out. We'll put that question up online and have people answer for us and see what they think. Alrighty, so that was the quick question. Thanks, Lee, for that. We're gonna get into it. Greatest of all time Christmas movies. Whoa. We we did a bracket just like we have been doing with some other topics. And uh, this this week, with it being such a big topic here, uh, we did go ahead and involve the fans. Fans got their own region, just like this with like, uh, March Madness here. Uh, and uh, their number one seed was A Christmas Story. Their number two seed was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number three was A Charlie Brown Christmas. And the number four was Die Hard. Now, first, for top guys, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Let's see here. Absolutely not. There's no way Die Hard's a Christmas movie. It's just a movie that takes place during Christmas. No, it's Die Hard is 1,000% a Christmas movie. No. The same thing um, for your, your number one in your region, no spoilers, Lee. Oh, but it has everything to do with the, the Xmas holiday. Um, I think the fans made their voices heard 
when telling us whether or not this was really a Christmas movie by, in a landslide vote, a Christmas story moved on to the next round. Yeah, it wasn't close. Not even close, no. Uh, a little bit closer of a vote, but still still majority favored How the Grinch Stole Christmas over Charlie Brown in that matchup. That moved How the Grinch Stole Christmas on to the semifinals of their region. And, that was a 2-3 uh, seed, too. Yep. So uh, so you have the one seed and the two seed going at it here in the semifinals for the fans. Fans voted. In a landslide, could not believe this, because everybody I talk to tells me how great a Christmas story is. I don't personally see it. I don't like it myself. Uh, my mother-in-law, big uh, Christmas movie fan, she also doesn't get the hype on Christmas stories. So I take that opinion into a great deal of consideration with this here. Uh, Christmas story for me is one of those ones that I would have thought was just an absolute shoe-in. But the fans voted in the direction that I was leaning, and how the Grinch stole Christmas actually won the fans' region bracket. Yeah, uh, no so clue how that happened. I, I mean, the top four. Grinch stole Christmas is an awesome movie, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Actually, about a Christmas story. They literally, and I get it. Like people think it's annoying because it plays for 24 straight hours on Christmas Day, and like I get that it's like super excessive. But it's a Christmas story. Like it's there's a reason why it's earned that. You know, but I guess like uh, Ellen, you don't like it either. Okay, Ellen doesn't like it either. So how the Grinch stole Christmas is the winner, and then the fans are right. <laughs> quick, quick thought. Just so you know, I hate how the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh God, movies, hot shit, all, all, all three. Them? If I had to pick which one's the best one, it's OG. And then Jim Carrey, but no, oh. the new ones, the, the new Carrey ones, creepy. The new ones, legit trash. Dude, you oh. are high. Theaters, dude. Benedict Cumberbatch is the man. He plays the Grinch to a T. So why do they? Why did they have to remake the Grinch again? Forty times. Yeah, they made an animated, like a new animated version of it, so that they could, uh, you know, make. What is that thing that I always say? Oh, cash, cash grab. grab. There we go. Cash oh, grab. hot cash grab. Uh, I think, you know, I can understand why Andrew doesn't like how the Grinch stole Christmas. I mean, if Dr. Seuss isn't for everybody, it's a little whimsical and weird at times. But I think that how the Grinch stole Christmas is one of those movies that kind of you know, exemplifies, you know, the Christmas spirit. And it's a it's a story a story of transformation is not necessarily something that you get from every Christmas movie there. It's something that you can really see the change in the main character. I, I think it's a good movie, and I'm, I'm actually very happy that the, uh, the fans voted it through. Uh, when, when I was chatting with my wife about her favorite Christmas movie, she actually had this up in her top three, so um, happy for her that she gets to see her, her, her dog in the race. In anyone's defense, their Christmas story, while obviously, like, it's not winning the vote um, with the fans, you guys, my wife, or anything like that. But a Christmas story literally has the same story, it's not as dramatic. It's not, like, the lowest of low, the Grinch, to the highest of high, the the mayor of Christmas Town, whatever the fuck happens. Christmas story has the same, like, you know, like, it's just more realistic. But, 
Hologram stole Christmas moves on. That's actually fine. Well, Joe, let's pick it up in your region then. Uh, what was your 2-3 matchup? 2-3 matchup, I ended up getting the 100-year-old movies. <laughs> um, yep, selected by uh, uh, selected by the fans here. By the fans, I mean um, Mike. It's uh, the two-seed Miracle on 34th Street versus It's a Wonderful Life. I have not seen either one of these movies in a hot minute. <laughs> um, I personally always liked It's a Wonderful Life because I like the whole – a lot of um, sitcoms redo it. It's the whole, like, guys miserable, um, especially around the holiday season, um, doesn't see his own worth, all this, and then they take him out of the equation. And then they make him into essentially a ghost, and they'll be like, okay, so this is what your life would be like if, like, this is what life would be like if you weren't here. And it's, it's tied into the Christmas spirit. Miracle on 34th Street, I've seen it, like, twice in my entire life. I know it's a really incredible Christmas movie. It's, like, a staple um, all about uh, Chris Kringle shows up, becomes, like, the... Uh, Santa Claus at like a Macy's ends up touching the hearts of thousands of people, that kind of stuff. I personally would move It's a Wonderful Life through. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I also have not, well, I haven't seen either of these movies, to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I really don't have much of an opinion from from the people that I talked to. Uh, I went around and asked everyone at my work what their favorite Christmas movie was. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street got zero votes. So I'm probably in the wonderful life category as well. I think it's tough with these two movies because of how like older they are, and we're starting to get because like one of them was made. I have them here in my notes. One of them is Miracle on 34th Street. Sorry, no, 1973. So that's not that uh, not that bad. It's a Wonderful Life was 1946. I'll go with It's a Wonderful Life because it's black and white, so it's got to be OG. Yeah. So It's a Wonderful Life kind of blasts right through that one. The um, 1-4 seed is certainly uh, my personal favorite movie versus my nostalgic favorite movie. Um, we have the San Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, the goat, if you will. Um, versus um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas is a personal one of mine. We were nice enough to add this to, like, it's almost like an honorable mention. Uh, most people are kind of hot or cold on Nightmare Before Christmas. It's kind of a Christmas movie. It's kind of a Halloween movie. I've watched it. This will be 25 years of watching on Christmas Eve for me. I missed hey. it one year. Ellen will remind me of what year I missed it. I forget why, too. But um, Nightmare for Christmas, um, awesome movie, um, has a Halloween and a Christmas spin to it, love story, all this kind of stuff. Uh, the Santa Claus is physically the greatest Christmas movie to ever exist, ever. And I'm proclaiming this just off the bat. Everything about the, uh, the Santa Claus is awesome, from 
you know, him growing up with Charlie and having to split a divorce to becoming Santa Claus to meeting all the elves and Judy, who was a little promiscuous, although she was like a kid. <laughs> I never understood that whole relationship. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks that. <laughs> um, I wasn't, and mind you, we're not talking about the, the sequel, the prequels, sequels, or anything like that, but I was, I'm more of a fan of just the Santa Claus. I'm a Santa Claus purist, if you will. So, Santa Claus moves on for me. Not sure about you guys. I actually kind of want to hear from you, Joe, uh, to play play your own devil's advocate and, and give us a reason why Nightmare Before Christmas could go on. Nightmare Before Christmas could go on. It's uh, it a 1994 Tim Burton movie. Um, the, the moral of the story is it, it's got this kind of like you don't know what you got until it's gone type of thing. Um you know, he is all about, he's the pumpkin king, he's all about Halloween, but he wants something different, so, babe, like, probably 45% of the movie, they're, they're going into Christmas Town. he's, uh, there's the lights, the snow, the, you know, all the, all the elves and stuff like that, um, he ends up, essentially, like, kidnapping Santa, and, um, uh, having everyone in Halloween Town like make gifts like he's trying to bring the Christmas spirit to Hollow to Halloween Town. In the end, he he literally crashes and burns, and um, finds more of like you know, Halloween is what you're really good at. You can love Christmas and everything like that, but it's more about like being yourself. It's got good morals and and the at the end of the day. All right, uh, Santa Claus goes on for me. Yeah, Santa Claus for me as well, but uh, quick thing, this is the only movie on our list that was also on our Halloween list. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Interesting thought. I'm thinking honorable mention because uh, Mike knows how much I love it. You're very welcome, Joe. Uh, thanks, buddy. Even though we, you said at the beginning that the Santa Claus was your surefire number one. So. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to like make that like a like a secret. Like sometimes hey, I, we, like keep things candid and stuff like that. But sometimes I just gotta go like right for the throat. Um, I have um, partaked with you on that watching the Nightmare Before Christmas. You have. Christmas. You sure have, and it was a it was a true honor. I wish I could say what year it was. We'll say it was 2015, just to spice it up. Sounds about right. All right, Lee, your region. Yo, welcome to my region, everybody. It's, uh, it's a great time. Uh, 2-3 matchup, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacay versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh. Tough matchup. Thoughts, boys? Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song, was an absolute runaway uh, hit with the votes during the, uh, the last bracket that we did. But then for some reason or another, when it got to the final four, it got, like, no love. It was weird. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't quite understand that, but uh, as far as movies go, it's, it's a classic, but at the same time, being an adult and somebody that really appreciates humor and uh, actually the National Lampoon style of movie just in general, uh, for me, I'm leaning Christmas Vacation on this one. I think it's a classic. 
Um, we're talking about Rudolph the Red Nose. We're going to do the claymation one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, so classic. You have to – it's one of those, like, you know, tomorrow's Monday, uh, you know, only a couple of days until Christmas here. Um, you kind of have to watch that claymation style. Um, Coming from the person who has not watched a Christmas movie all year so far. Yeah, true. But it's also, <laughs> I mean – you know, life gets in the way. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, awesome movie. I like it a lot. It's really funny. Um, people live on with that. It's like a cult classic. You know, like the Rain, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is on like ABC every year. You can instantly watch it like right around this time of year, obviously. And National Lampoon's, it's like a, like a family tradition style thing. Kind of a toss-up for me. I'm going Rudolph on this one, though, to make Lay put the pressure on Leahy. Well, bad news for you. There's no pressure in my life uh, because I do not like the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, just because it was jammed down my throat so much as a child. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, it's it's a fine movie, and it, it is funny at times, but I just watched it so much as a kid that I have no interest in watching it anymore. Uh, that's like it, I grew up eating chicken broccoli Alfredo way too much and really just don't like to eat it. Same thing. See, you guys get me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But Rudolph, for me, is one of those movies that I will never get sick of. And I can watch it now, and I can watch it again when I have kids, and I can watch it tomorrow. I can watch Rudolph anytime. I'm going Rudolph here, boys. All right, all right. Bring us uh, to your 1-4 your matchup. 1-4 matchup's actually pretty fun, too. Uh, I have 1-seed Home Alone versus 4-seed Frosty the Snowman. So you got both the both uh, great movies. Mascots. You got you got both of the mascots. You got Rudolph and Frosty. Yeah, I do. I can't you know, believe you got two claymations. You got two claymation ones, which I actually didn't even notice. Um, love Home Alone. Home Alone is a movie that I will never really understand how that guy afforded like a fourteen-person house in Paris. Um, that was yeah, never got Home Alone. It wasn't the first one. But um, hey, for for the record, Frosty the Snowman, not claymation, and it's animated. Sorry, that's on me. Just, uh, um, I want to make sure that we're not, not incorrect, factually incorrect on the podcast here. Joe's gonna go and now make a claymation version of Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, just so I can put it on this list and give me a lot of <laughs> stupid anim- animated version. I'm going Home Alone on this. Uh, I like Frosty as a kid. Uh, I mean, I've seen Home Alone a couple times, but haven't watched it recently. Don't really have any desire to. Kind of think it's stupid that Disney is making a remake of it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Cash Grab? I, I go Frosty on here, man. Frosty. I'm more of a Frosty guy. I'm going for the upset. You're nuts. You, you, vote, you don't vote for Rudolph, but you vote for Frosty. That makes no sense to me. True. Well, I just... Uh, the Lampoon's better in that specific matchup. Okay, that's fair, I guess. I, but overall... Over Frosty, though. Overall, Home Alone is just... When it comes to Christmas movies, that's the one that's on Freeform, like, 24-7. Because it's wanted by so many people. Yeah. Frosty's a great movie, but, like, for me, I only watch it when I was a kid, and I'll probably only watch it when I have kids. It's not a movie for a Christmas movie that I want to go out of my way to watch as an adult. Uh, so I am going Home Alone here. Home Alone, to me, doesn't really capture the essence of being a Christmas movie, though. It's like, 
if you took if you took Cole Malone out of the setting of Christmas, put it to any other time of the year, it would still be a good movie. That's fair. You're not wrong. But I'm not right either, because Home Alone gets to vote through here with you guys, two to one, so. In Home Alone's defense, it is set around Christmas time, so. In both of the first few. Facts. I think, actually, it's set around Christmas in, like, almost all of them. I think I do. I just only watched the first two. It's like the rest of them are garbage. Alrighty. Uh, we're going to move on to the Mike region here. A fun 2-3 matchup. Uh, I wanted to put a Christmas Carol movie in this ranking. And I went... I went with the Muppet version, Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, I think that's honestly a fantastic version of a Christmas Carol. I love the Muppets. Uh, But it's going against another real heater of a movie, one that we talked about earlier in the podcast, and that's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, Absolute classic. Uh, What what are your guys' thoughts here? I I don't want to sway anybody's opinion just yet. Oh, just yet. It's on you, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol, I've seen it. I don't love it. I think it's good. I think it's a good pick. I think it's seated well in this. Um, I think it's... no. I think Santa Claus is coming down as another one of those, like, animated, like, staples. Like, you watch with your kids right around Christmas time. Um, going off nostalgia alone, I would go Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I don't really want to take away from Muppet Christmas Carol because I think it's really good. I think it's just got a tough matchup. Yeah, I like the whole Christmas Carol thing. hate the Muppets. Literally cannot stand the Muppets. I don't understand why people like them. I find them stupid and annoying. You're such a Disney purist. <laughs> you can call me a Disney purist all you want. I just, I just find the Muppets annoying and dumb and a waste of space. But... Santa Claus Coming to Town is a fantastic movie. I like that one a lot. Another one that didn't get put on this list at all is uh, A Year Without a Santa Claus. Also a fantastic movie. And I'm all about the old school uh, kids movies, so I'm going Santa Claus Coming to Town here. Uh, Before we just go ahead and Santa Claus is Coming to Town on, I just wanted to give a little more love to the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, For me... I was always a big Muppet guy growing up. Um, this movie came out just one year after I was born, so you know, been watching it from the very young. Christmas Carol is just a classic story. It's been redone a couple different times. Recently, there's a uh, version of it that's on Hulu. It's uh, a limited series. Uh, a few years ago, there was an animated version that was uh, voiced over by Jim Carrey. Uh, and then you also had Scrooge in the 80s with Bill Murray. Uh, so it's something that's been done multiple times. Um, and it's, it's based on the uh, Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol. Uh, absolute classic. But in the grand scheme of things here, when it comes to greatest of all time movie, Santa Claus has come to town is probably when somebody says, hey, Christmas movies, that's one of the instant classics that everybody thinks about. So we'll move the, You're uh, not wrong. You're not wrong. No, not wrong. 
the next matchup I have, my one seed versus four seed, probably ranked a little bit lower than Andrew Leahy would have liked. Polar Express as the four seed versus Elf as the one seed. Andrew, you want to no. give any Polar Express before we jump into this one here? Uh, personally, I don't think it's too low. I think Polar Express is one of those borderline top, like, 15 Christmas movies. It's one of those outsiders that are kind of, is kind of looking in. Uh, overall, it's a great movie. Uh, a lot of people see the animation as creepy, which is a fair say. You could think it's creepy. But it's also the only animation style of, like, that animation style of Christmas movies that I enjoy. Uh, but overall, I think it's a great movie, great story. I love the train aspect of it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a great movie, but I'm a huge Elf fan, and everybody knows that, so it's got to be Elf here, boys. Yeah, I like Polar Express. Polar Express yeah. is good. I've seen, I've seen it, like, one or two times. Um, I mean, they have, that, they have, like, a whole, like, attraction in, I think it's out of Portland or something like that, that's, like... You pay like fucking fifty bucks for your kid to go and be like reenact the entire Polar Express. It's apparently made a, somewhat of an impact on society and as a Christmas movie. Um, it's not beating Elf um, though. Elf is the new like Michael Jordan or LeBron talk about like greatest Elf, uh, greatest Christmas movie. Like especially like our demographic of like in our generation, like you know thirty, twenty five, that kind of age. Just that movie, it made such a huge impact. It's it's really good. It is really funny. Um, Zoe Deschanel is in it. I mean, Will Ferrell is great. I, I like Elf a lot. I would move Elf forward. Well, Polar Express did make uh, almost $100 million more at the box office, guys. I want to take that into consideration. Um, no, because... because um, Sorry, Andrew had to sneeze. Um, I don't know a single person on this planet, and yes, I understand there's a trillion people on the planet that sit down and be like, guys, we have to watch Polar Express before Christmas. No one does that. No, for sure. People uh, have to watch Elf like a Elf or Polar Express. Oh, stop it. It's Elf. Your wife is crazy. She's a psychopath. Yeah, I'm going to. She just hates comedies. Alright. Elf moves on. So, in my region, we'll have Elf versus Santa Claus coming to town. But let's head on back to Joe's region. That'll close yours out. Joe, set up your final matchup here. you got the Santa Claus versus It's a Wonderful Life. Santa Claus, Santa Claus next. Thank like, you. Uh, next. Okay. It's not even close. I think I actually, if we put the two against each other on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, I don't even know if It's a Wonderful Life would get a vote. I'd get like two. No. And a half. Maybe the half. Yeah. But just the half. half. No, it's good. Here's one I think is a little closer. Andrew. Your region, your final matchup is Home Alone versus Rudolph. That's tough. It is a tough one. Uh, two totally different styles of movies. Uh, Rudolph is just a cult classic. 
it's one of those movies that I can't think of like an American who's not who likes who celebrates Christmas who's not seen Rudolph at some point in their life. And Home Alone's that movie that everyone likes to watch. Uh, it's on all the time. It, you can watch Home Alone when it's not Christmas season, uh, and that's what makes it such a good movie in general, as we've talked about. Uh, I'm going Home Alone here, boys. What do you guys think? Really close one. Um, like you said, Home Alone's a good movie all year round. Um, incredible Christmas movie. Rudolph is one of those like staples, though. Um, I I might have to go Rudolph on this one. So the uh, a lot of lot of movie critics when they talk about Christmas movies, they they grade them on a scale. So like what they might consider, say, a seventy-five for a Christmas movie is more like a 50 for just a regular movie in general. It gets a little extra love just because it's for the time of the season that it's uh, intended for. Uh, Home Alone, along with Elf, and actually I would even argue, Joe, your pick, The Santa Claus, all three of these movies are... Uh, movies that you don't have to grade on that scale. They're, they are movies that are good as just a movie in general, but they just happen to touch on themes and have um, uh, elements of, of the Christmas and the Christmas spirit involved with them. I think we'd be doing a disservice to the movie in general by putting Rudolph over Home Alone, because Home Alone just in general is the better movie if you were taking the Christmas element out of it. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I'm doing to kind of split the straws here. Real quick. Uh, yeah. Just to cut you off real quick. Uh, Ranker. We love Ranker here. Big Ranker fans. Rudolph, number eight. Rank, uh, Home Alone, number one. Yeah. So, In Christmas movie category. Yeah. So Home Alone, I think that's the, the easy, easy pick here. But, Joe, thank you for voting Rudolph to make it interesting. I um, am not offended. Uh, Carry on. (laughs) All right, and back to the Mike region. The final one is uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. This is the uh, the 1970 stop-motion special. You mentioned it a couple times uh, at the top and talked about it a little bit. It's just one of those classic movies. But what had became an instant classic for Christmas movies the moment that it came out, Elf. Uh, it's a 2003 comedy written by, uh, uh, sorry, written by David Berenbaum, starring Will Ferrell, and directed by one of my favorite uh, directors, John Favreau. Uh, this is an absolute classic movie. Uh, this is my, I, I'm giving this my vote. Uh, is this even a question? Do, you, do either of you guys like Santa Claus is coming to town more than Elf? No. Uh, no, but, but it's still a great movie. Yeah, have to give it the honorable mention. I think it's uh, easily top it five. Away, yeah, getting it away from, um, you know, giving it the honorable mention where it is right now, I think gives it enough due. Like, we, we okay, then move on, and Elf has to get the nod there. Here's a quick question, just for the fun of it. Breaking straws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town or Rudolph? Rudolph. Santa Claus is coming to town. I think I'm also going Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, well. 
And that's a close I'm, one. That's I'm not Alrighty, guys. We're going to take a quick study break for the final argument segment of our podcast here. And you'll hear a few kind words from our sponsors this week. All right, we're back out of here, guys. Final three time, uh, technically final four. I'll do a quick overview for the audience's pick. Uh, so they went with How the Grinch Stole, Chris, uh, Stole Christmas. Uh, my understanding is we're basing this off of the original animated one. Uh, yes, sir. So I didn't know that. I thought we were going off the Jim Carrey one. The Jim Carrey one is bad. No, what? What? Bad. He says, Mike's saying also the Jim Carrey one's worse than the one that just came out. The Back. one that just came out, like, doesn't even need to be judged. That way it's Toy Story 4, cash grab. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, if... But Hold on. Mike, can you real quickly rank the Grinches for us? I just did. We did earlier. Literally no. just did. He did? The original, yeah. yeah, the original, the new one, and then the then the Jim Carrey. Okay, cool. Just just yeah. double checking. Fucking I dominant. Oh my god. What I'd like to say about Jim Carrey while we're on it. The you Jim, like Jim Carrey? Jim, no, I like Jim Carrey, but cool. Jim Carrey doesn't feel like he's playing the Grinch. He just feels like he's Jim Carrey in a green suit. He's also weirdo, in every movie that he's in, so it doesn't to, to me seem as though he's playing a character. He's just acting like himself. But the Grinch is a weirdo. That can be argued. He likes arsenic sauce. Uh, He eats garbage. They expand on the lore of the Grinch in the new movie, too, which is part of the reason why I like that new one. He's a travesty. Mike is all about stories. Whether or not that's necessary is up for debate, but Sally Grinch Christmas TV movie, 1966, based on a book, Dr. Seuss. It's a classic. Every kid's probably read that book. It's one of the first ones you read. Um, I, I don't think that it, it needs much set up here. The fans were pretty furious with voting it through beyond a Christmas story. So I can't wait to see how this one matches up with against these heavy hitters that we have. But Joe, do you want to bring us the, the final overview and argument for your reason why you think the Santa Claus is the greatest of all time Christmas? Sure, sure. Santa Claus, 1994, good year for movies. Also the year that, that Nightmare Before Christmas came out, which we already went through. Um, Tim Allen, um, divorce salesman, has his son Charlie every once in a while, definitely has him for Christmas. There's funny parts of the movie where like, they go out for Chinese and stuff like that. Like, the Chinese people at the restaurant, like, you know, they, they sing to, like, jingle bells and stuff like that to them. It's super funny. Um, he, um, Charlie's starting to believe in Christmas, starting to believe in Santa Claus. Uh, here's the pitter-patter on the roof. Um, Tim Allen, goes outside, sure enough, there's Santa Claus. Um, he goes up on the roof, falls off the roof, then becomes Santa Claus. Whoa. Whoa. Um, ends up having to go, he gets the sleigh, he puts on the suit, making him Santa Claus, and when you put on the suit in that movie, you're obligated to be Santa Claus until the same thing happens to you, I guess. Um, goes up to the North Pole, same thing, meets Bernard, um, meets uh, the promiscuous Judy herself, uh, and then 
the whole movie's about how he's gotta gotta go back to like civilian life, but like every year he turns back into Santa Claus, he's big and obese, and like he starts believing in Santa Claus, and he's trying to instill that belief into Charlie still, even though people are like, hey, he like he's starting to get a little bit older, like maybe we don't keep the Santa Claus thing going, and you know Charlie really wants to believe in Christmas, so you know the whole movie's based on. Uh, relationship between father and son. Um, it's loaded with really hilarious stuff that goes on. Um, and then he gets to, um, it's always a happy ending. I mean, he, he's the Santa Claus and um, everyone's finally convinced and, you know, happily ever after kind of stuff. It's, always, it's been one of my favorite movies forever. But, I mean, I watched that a million times when I was a kid. I could probably watch that movie not around Christmas time too. I think it's an awesome movie. I'd agree with that. Yeah, no lies at all, Joe. Joe, you Thank nailed you. it right on the tee. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to talk on Elf here for a minute, if I may. Oh, go for it. As I mentioned, John Favreau directed this bad boy. Just let me let you, remind you guys something. He's the man responsible for The Mandalorian. Ooh, we like that. Yeah. So, he's been involved with nothing but absolute bangers his entire career. Uh, and this is this is another one of them. Great cast, Zoe Deschanel, Smoke Show. Smoke uh, her rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside is one of the best versions of that song, even if it's only sung, like, one half of it, because the other half is Will Ferrell, like, whispering it while he's in the bathroom listening to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little creepy, though. A little, little creepy. Uh, the, uh, the overall premise of a, uh, an orphan that's taken to the North Pole, like an actual human raised by elves, so believes in Santa, lives with Santa, uh, when he tries to find his, his real dad in New York, uh, it's a real culture shock. It's one of those, it's kind of like coming to America. Uh, with Eddie Murphy, uh, one of those kind of culture shock type movies. Absolute classic. I think it's again touching on the uh, you know what we were talking about earlier, where um, when a movie is good enough that it can be graded on a a regular scale as opposed to the uh, Christmas movie scale. This is one of them. Uh, Thirty three million dollars to. To make this movie, they made $220 million at the box office. Uh, absolute classic movie. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why. Uh, I think you've alluded to it already today, Andrew, that Elf is your one of your favorite Christmas movies. I think you had uh, pitched it initially for trying to have it in your region, but I was the one that lucked out and got it. So um, I think you'd be, I think it'd be blasphemous for anybody to vote against the Elf. Yeah, Elf's one of those Christmas movies that is different, unique. It's also one of the newer ones, so you don't have, like, the nostalgia of, like, I watched this when I was two years old. This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, it's a great movie. It's really funny. Uh, I love the adult humor in it. It's very quotable. You can quote that movie all the time if you want to. Uh, we were going to watch it tomorrow for, with the kids for uh, – that we work with, because we work with, I work with after school kids, 
but we're going to have some kindergartners there. And Elf isn't the most appropriate movie, even for its rating, just because the whole drinking in the mailroom scene <laughs> gets a little intense for some uh, kindergartners, but overall, you, it's, a, it's a great movie. You could argue the same thing about Tangled, then, because they have a whole barroom scene. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but uh, we also we also have certain kids that aren't allowed to watch Disney movies, so it is what it is. Very sheltered children nowadays. All right. Well, give us your uh, your argument for uh, for your pick, Home Alone. Home Alone, great movie. Uh, it's a movie where the uh, McAllisters, the family of like, I think they have seven kids. No, five kids, and then five kids. There's five kids on one side, and there's five kids in their family, so there's ten, of, ten kids all together in the two families. And uh, they're traveling for Christmas, but uh, forgot Kevin. Whoops. Left Kevin behind. Kind of embarrassing. And uh, Kevin, unlike most kids, decides to make the most of having his time alone. Really respect it. Gets into a little bit of a sticky situation. Has some burglars trying to burgle his house. And uh, instead of calling the cops, let's just screw it. Let's just make some booby traps. Let's let's mess these dudes up. Just a great movie through and through. It came out uh, November 16th, 1990. Uh, it came out November 10th in Chicago, though. So it came out six days earlier in Chicago. Uh, it's 103 minutes for a running time. Cool fact, $18 million budget here. Uh, $476.7 million at the box office. Wow. Just absolutely incredible smashing numbers there. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Musical Slash Comedy. Wow. Pretty good. It was all, The movie also was nominated for two other Academy, Academy Awards. Uh, really cool fact here. Uh, it's the highest, it was the highest grossing live action comedy. Um, when it came out, and it stayed that way all the way until 2011. So it was like that for 21 years uh, until The Hangover 2 took its place as the highest grossing live-action comedy. But overall, it's a great movie. It's a great Christmas movie. And uh, I think the big the big thing uh, with, the, uh, with this movie is that... Uh, it all comes back to family, and I think that's a big thing with the Christmas time. Even if you're not religious, uh, you can definitely do... So- we can hear that. Um, but overall, like, the Christmas, it's all about family at the end of the day for a lot of people, and I agree, I'm all about family when it comes to Christmas. So, <laughs> it's just a great time. But uh, overall... Love Home Alone. Uh, Mike did a great job uh, talking about Elf. Two great movies. Joe, you got anything to add on Elf and Home Alone? I think Mike nailed it. You know, everything that I heard sound great. Um, I'm inspired. Uh, I have a couple comments to make about, you know, reasons why not to vote for the Santa Claus and why not to vote for Home Alone. Here we go. Family-friendly podcast, right? Santa Claus. Tim Allen is a murderer. He kills the Santa Claus to become the Santa Claus. That's Not on purpose. Hold on. How do we know he's murdered? He just disappears. Yeah. Wound. It's all magic. 
You literally watch movies about fucking superheroes. How the fuck do you leave your kid behind? I don't know, but that's not my job to figure that out. Right, and Santa Claus is literally like, he's got a job to do, man. Uh, Quick quick question for you guys. Uh, If you have to take Home Alone, The Grinch, uh, Elf, and Santa Claus and rank them in the top four, what's your order? One through four. Starting with Mike. Okay. All right. Elf, The Santa Claus, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and Home Alone. Jeff? Um, Santa Claus, Elf, um, Home Alone, A Christmas Story, Grinch. Got it. We didn't even say Christmas Story. Didn't even know we were doing the cartoon one. I thought we were doing the Jim Carrey one. Otherwise, uh, mind you, um, it still would have moved on. <laughs> uh, the fan votes and everything. But, like, Jesus Christ almighty. We're putting, friggin' the cartoon Grinch over our Christmas story? Lord. Uh, for me, it's uh, Home Alone, Elf, Santa Claus. All three of those are really close. Yeah. And then after that, it's, like, Rudolph, uh, Santa Claus coming to town. Polar Express, uh, some Christmas movie that was made by a two-year-old, uh, and then probably The Grinch. <laughs> this is how my list would be. You ha- have you seen the new one yet, Lee? Absolutely not, and I'm not going to go see it. Uh, no if, if you have a way, if you have a way to see it, just without having to pay for it or whatever, All right. check yeah. it out. It's, it's worth. If I want to waste time, and if it, I don't want to pay for it, I think it'll change your attitude on on Grinch. If we want to just quickly, like, go uh, Joe pick, um, if we're talking about Jim Carrey's Grinch, then it's the Santa Claus, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Elf, whatever the other one was, Home Alone. There we go. Whoa, whoa, don't whatever whatever Home Alone, you jerk. I'm going to whatever Home Alone when we're talking about, like, literally, we're talking about the worst Grinch. I somehow we won the fan vote, so like, I guess I can't miss too much. I don't think, I don't understand how you could think the original Grinch is awful. It's not awful. It's just not better than the movies we're talking about. The original Grinch is the best Grinch. I think that's mm-hmm. like unanimous opinion. Joe's the only dissenting person. Therefore, not unanimous. <laughs> but also, the newest Grinch is probably the worst Grinch. And Mike's the only one in that vote. Yeah, I literally but... just didn't go see it because it's just like, I literally just didn't Why? Why? Why do you Why? want to go see it? Well, no, I mean, Mike why, did why. for his kid, so I respect I, that. Only, yeah, I, Mike, to, I feel like Mike does things for himself and then says they're for kids. It's the only animated movie in theaters, and we wanted to go see a movie, so we went and saw it. Like last week when Mike went to a trampoline park. He didn't go for Kinsley, he went for yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah, he's like in there toning little kids <laughs> in the dodgeball court. Uh, it's just one kid right in the face. I wish you deserved it. I hope you next time you go, you need to get a body cam so we can watch you and live stream it. <laughs> I, 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 I got a lot of height bouncing off, and like I threw it down at an angle, like spiked it in the kid's face. Jesus. Did, did he cry? Uh, no, no. Uh, leave poor Mason alone. Uh, Mason Ramsey. Yeah. That's our final four. Join the fan group, facebook.com slash group slash goat radio podcast so that you can vote. Follow us on Twitter as well, at goat underscore radio. 
On both of those places, you'll be able to comment on our rankings, vote on the polls, and answer any other fun questions that we may ask. Uh, We're probably going to take a bit of a break, kind of, for the holidays, a little bit. We might be a little light on social media. Uh, And I don't think that we've picked our next topic yet, so maybe this will be a good time for us to throw a... um, you know, a vote out to the fans at the end of the year, see what they want us to talk about for the first episode of the new year. Mm. Um, so I think that's what we should do there. Uh, fan vote. We don't have an option yet, so we'll do a fan vote. Agreed. Uh, shout out to Eric Bellinger for the outro music. You can catch him on iTunes, iTunes and Spotify, along with Spos and Goat Radio. Check us out on Megaphone. Uh, that's the new location that our our hosting will be done as a part of Asian Radio's uh, podcast syndicate. Uh, thank you all for listening. And long live the go. Let's go.